So everybody feeling good tonight? Better. Better than ever. Better than ever. Brandon, how how are you doing tonight? Don't you try to fluff me. I know I stand accused. He stands accused. Uh bro- brother clean, I, I I didn't inform you of this. So I did want to like uh catch you off guard, but you sir are playing judge this evening. Oh shit. I hope you got a gavel and a wig, dog, because there have been crimes and injustices committed. I definitely do not have a gavel. A wig is questionable. <laughs> Any wig counts. All right. <laughs> Just throw a little baby powder on it. <laughs> Let's hear it. Just sock it to me. So the defendant in question, a Brandon... I love D. Wayner has slandered my good name. My good name. Brandon, real quick, can you name the program that we use to record our podcast? Me and you, what, what's the name of that program? It's uh, Go Fuck Yourself, I'll Do It Again. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the main <laughs> reason right there, Clean. It's the audacity. <laughs> the audacity of this, man. I'm just enjoying a quiet evening I was first of all it's you that's a lie it's him he has no quiet <laughs> evenings it's his number one complaint in life don't buy his bullshit you do know you're 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 making an ad right now for them that, that's what you're doing <laughs> john does this at exactly march 12 <laughs> oh. march 12 2023 the defendant at 12 10 p.m. noon Eastern Standard Time. And I quote at Figgy864 claims he loves Miles Morales and dude don't even know about David Martinez. What a poser. <laughs> the the dis John. First off. Who used the word poser anymore? We still use that word. <laughs> You're also a poser, Your Honor. You're poser. Well, I'm oh, where I'm wearing the wig, yeah, so I'm posing. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna Rick Sanchez this big, case. Big words for somebody wearing a fucking wig. So. <laughs> hey, you don't talk to a fucking judge like that. You watch your mouth. <laughs> Show he some said respect. he'd suck my dick <laughs> for a pack of M and M's. So the evidence that we have in question is that he loves Miles Morales, but doesn't know who David Martinez is. 
Yes. And yourself being a poser, I guarantee you also don't know who David Martinez is. I don't know who the hell David Martinez is at See? all. See? See? It's not slander if it's true. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, the statement you made on March 12th, 2023, <laughs> at 12.10 p.m. doesn't state at Figgy864 and at Clean. Mm-hmm. It says, Figgy, you slandered me. Yeah. No, I know, and my evidence is because Clean is also a poser and doesn't know who David Martinez but is. That is the worst evidence in the it world. Is, but it is an A <laughs> to A Mar- comparison. But David Martinez is the main prota- is the protagonist. So if if people in yes. in this lore know who he is, I mean he's he's a famous character to other people, not me. Could be in those Miles Morales. So John, I don't. What, what John? I don't, the, the issue is this: Brandon I, was insinuating that I don't know my minority main characters, <laughs> and that is a damn lie. You surprised and me with a whole bunch. That. I'm not gonna lie on that. But but wait a minute. Okay, but now we have another argument. You said what did you just say about Miles Morales? That people don't know who he is. Yeah. People know who the hell Miles Morales is. Every single person on the planet knows who fucking Miles Morales is. About 73%, I guarantee you. I want to see those numbers. You can't just make shit up in court. I, I, okay. I will find this. First of all, first <laughs> of all, your evidence is shit, so I don't know why we can't live in La La and Fantasyland if you have a whole fucking condo there. This is, the poll, this is Spotify's poll this week. That's fair. Yeah, we can do that. That's it. But I, yeah. I can assure you, I can assure you, sir, us minorities know who our minority heroes are. And David Martinez is a hero. Hell, he's a legend. I I want to know why his alias is Sandevistan from Santo. You got to watch the show. You got to watch the show. Watch the show. Yeah, yeah you just got to watch it. We don't yeah, want to you ruin it for a, you. Do I need you to pick a horrible do, judge? Do I need to play the game first? No, no absolutely no. not. It takes place a year before. Mm-hmm. And depending on your character, my guy was in Georgia when uh, David was running around. Hmm. Cyberpunk is like seven bucks now, isn't it? Uh. Yeah, I got you. I have. Here, let me let's pull let's pull her up. I have the STEM. Oh, oh. Oh yeah, thirty. Yeah, you see. Yeah, check um. Mostly positive. Now, but back at launch, <laughs> it was a different story. <laughs> now, I do have more evidence, because fuckboy actual decided that he was not going to tell the whole story. Oh, and what's that? I literally, I gave you. Literal quotes of the one of the most craziest parts of the anime. What what's what did the, I what's hold the quote? On? What's the quote before that? We're gonna bully you to watch this. I already watched it. Who said it? That literally means nothing. You <laughs> and another person. Oh, made see, so now it's racism. Huh? You, it's your cousin, no, 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 another no, no. minority. Minority no, no, on minority no, no. violence in this court is apparently fine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Covering I'm, up for each other. I'm not covering <laughs> up for anybody. You wouldn't I'm even not. state the witness. 
the witness. He doesn't count because both of you made an assumption and you know better than anybody. If there's anyone in this group that knows his anime, that same party, that same party said that you hadn't watched it and that we should bully you into watching it. Wait, and then wait, I bullied bullet. this you. This is new evidence. Hang on. Wait yes, a minute. Yes, he left out. He's trying to hide evidence, Your Honor. This is a breach of the. This is a breach of Brady law. Brady law says that any fucking prosecutor that has evidence that would exonerate a defendant has to bring it up in court, or it is a mistrial. Your Honor, he left. He left out evidence on purpose. Put, Your Honor, I'll I did not it, leave I'll, out evidence I'll put it on purpose. I'll put it in motion. Your Honor, I'm I'm submitting some new evidence. I'm gonna send you a <laughs> screenshot. The comment, the whole thing, the comment made by the other party is not admissible to <laughs> Mr. Wainer's current predicament. <laughs> you are you got but you try to cover it up. I Look did, at this typical California this prosecutor. Come on, I Kamala, quit, quit hiding up. the evidence, Kamala. I'm I am providing the evidence right. directly to Judge Clean. All right, hold up a second. First off, first off, we need this to be cro- we need this to be cross examined, Kenny. Do you recognize Exhibit A? Ex- exhibit A being the accusation that you've never watched this before? Your Honor, I have watched it. I have enjoyed it. Is there proof? Do Because if it's on the streaming platform, oh. if, 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 we, if we're on the streaming <laughs> platform, if you watch it on the streaming platform, if you go back into it and click it, we it'll show where you left off. All right, let me get a screenshot of my Netflix. <laughs> Give me one second. That could be used as evidence right there, man. That's it right there. And here's the whole conversation that he's leaving out. I ain't leaving out nothing, Your Honor. He is a poopy butthole is what he is. <laughs> Your Honor, you'll clearly see that his own cousin that he lives with at times didn't even know he watched it. <laughs> I also included text beforehand to say that I didn't initiate it. He initiated it, Your Honor. <laughs> you you both know you're on the road, right? Yes. <laughs> he knows. He can't help it. It's what his people it's, it's do. It's right there in black and white. Yeah. Which is apparently what this court is actually about. There seems to oh, be a lot. This, <laughs> this has nothing to do with race. There seems this to is be. all about your lies. There seems to be a lot of <laughs> redactions, though. And what? In I have no redactions. Kenny has redacted a lot of information. Yes, he has. <laughs> Kenny has not redacted no a lot of information. <laughs> Very convenient. Very convenient placements of evidence. I sent the whole thing. The these are liberal lies by Brandon Wainer. <laughs> Anybody who's listened to the podcast knows that that's a fucking lie. <laughs> All right, I gotta send these screenshots and no freaking pieces. <laughs> in pieces. Mm. Here we go again. I'm doing it off my phone. <laughs> don't make. I don't. I can't. I don't know the Netflix password, so I can't log into it on desktop. Don't don't thought, do me like that. I just thought you were gonna take a picture of it. I'm literally doing screenshots. I literally got the app open. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be sending them in as we speak. All right. 
I'm sending him directly to clean. So that no, put way. him in the host chat. <laughs> Why are you gonna make? Ah, God damn it! Pull this all the way out. Discord. <laughs> Cyber mech phobia. <laughs> Why is Union one eleven? Here's my question: oh, Is right. Edge Brothers that good that you ha can watch yes. it? Yeah, it is that good. Yeah, that you watch it multiple it times. Time. Yep. I don't know. I don't watch things a second time. This one you have to because there's so much shit. <laughs> it's only ten episodes, right? Oh yeah, it's, 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 it's a one and done. They're Thirty minutes. Oh. Yeah, oh, it's a one he, and done. He, he, but it is so fucking good. He's watched it. He's definitely on, watched. It. He's got more. he's got the red bars in there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he has seen it. Hold on, I'm sending more proof. Charge your phone. Don't tell me what to do, man. <laughs> These photos are high definition. This is great evidence. This is great evidence. Okay, well, I guess this all reflects, reflects your recollection. Would you both like anything to say on any of your behalfs before the the sentencing? Yeah, um, Brandon Wainer can suck my dick. And from the back. Your honor. <laughs> <laughs> this, the outburst is not responsive. <laughs> now, there is can be an execution of documents. I've seen a lot I've seen a lot of evidence on both sides. But there's not enough information to prove that Brendan Wayner is a poser at all. At all. At all. What you are guilty of, Kenny, is is leaving out information. That's a big thing in the court of law. That is a major thing. And you know, Brandon reads a lot of shit, and you know he knows that too. <coughs> he came in with the screenshots first, man. You've lost this case, my friend. I want an appeal. This is this is this <laughs> is a kangaroo court. This was you. This you started this court. <laughs> I I was sitting minding my own business. No, you were sitting there slandering my name. That's not how slander doing. works. <laughs> so it's. It's just so interesting because episode one doesn't have a red bar on it, which is, I don't, that, that's happened to me though. Yeah, no, that, yeah, that, no that's no, happened no, to me. That, yeah, no, I understand it. I understand it. You know, this could be someone else's account though, but ooh, you know, wow. this is. <laughs> mm. Remember, wow. net, Netflix is net, mm. ninety percent of Netflix accounts are shared. Or maybe 78, but that, you know. <gasps> he could have gone on to his cousins and screenshotted his since we know that he watched it. This, this is some baby back <laughs> bullshit right now. I cannot believe this. So, but, but it doesn't take away the fact that you do know who David Martinez is, but there is still a lot of questionable information because you did leave out a lot of information. So it leaves you in a questionable position. 
You know what? If the Boston DA can do it, I can do it too. There's no one. Okay. There's no one worse than them. <laughs> Congratulations. You're a Bostonian. Your honor, oh, you're going to look really lit. Man. Someone who idolizes Boston get away with a Brady violation. Yeah. <laughs> if your honor, if you look, he's I also have him for drugs as well somehow. <laughs> Are they prescribed? Look, I, I don't know the number for the lab, but I'm I'm sure I'm sure we can get it to you. I'm, Wasn't it I'm, Boston that had that uh how to mm, how to, how to fix a drug scandal? Yes. Yes. Boston yeah. Boston has a lot of weird things. They had that chick on like meth or some shit <laughs> doing the doing the testing. It's funny, there's not a lot of cops episodes in Boston. Oh no, man. Uh they they're smart Nor enough to know. <laughs> They're smart enough to know that would hurt their brand. The, their brand, Boston's their a brand. brand Dis- yes. Disgusting. Yeah, Boston is probably one of the few cities with a brand. Disgusting. Oh no, it has a particular brand, but it's like when South Carolina asked Live PD to stop showing them on there because they were like, "Wow, people are just f ups in South Carolina." Listen, I I watch Live PD literally every single night with my wife before we go to bed. Oh God, it's it's. You can watch it on YouTube. It's still there. It's still there. So, second case on our docket. Oh, there's more? Or, oh, yeah. It's more of a question. And and Brandon's going to answer it. So, Brandon, if you were being accosted in a mall, I believe you have a new <laughs> term or a new way to disarm these assailants that well, are let me you. The ex- you. <laughs> let me get you the exact quote because that shit's funny as fuck. <laughs> no shit. Oh yeah, no, this is great. Like he has, he is, he's conjured up this phrase that'll disarm. I didn't any conjure man. it up. I didn't conjure it up. It's stolen. And he he got it from the video that I sent him saying, "LOL, I'm gonna start doing this." Look, man, just, just you know, a little accountability. I just I want to share. You are protecting men's lives with this new technique. <laughs> oh, so the quote is, "I'm gonna start calling people daddy now during altercations." LMAO shit had me rolling. <laughs> oh my god. It was, uh, hold on, I'll send you the video. It's funny as fuck. There's only one person who's going to respond to that, like, positively. Yeah, that's the point. <laughs> it's not, not going to end well. Oops, that's not it. Hold on. Nope, it's a link. Look at them deleting evidence. How the turntables. <laughs> it's a great... No, no one ever knows that re- that reference either. Really? Yeah. I, I, no. Every time I say it, people are, people start laughing at me, and they're just like, "Oh, that's a good one, Bart." And I'm just like, "Bart." <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying, "Good job, old sport." <laughs> you made me. Hee-hee. It's this now. Oh, and there's there's, <laughs> there's a third final question, and then we're gonna hop into this this episode, so, this slightly short episode of Halo. So, what do you want me to say about this video? Oh no, that's just where I got it from. Oh, just a little context, a little history. Interesting. Okay, final question, and 
Brandon, you're the only man I trust to answer this question. Oh, what's this one? I was watching a comedian on his podcast, and he brought up something, and it, it actually genuinely concerns me. Is it true? You being a, a, a Caucasian man from the Caucasus Mountains, you, the only time you should not fuck with a Caucasian man is when Danger Zone is playing. Is this true? <laughs> nah, that's not true at all. This, I could name you five better songs. Lay it, what, what are the... Okay, lay the songs out. And Brandon, you let us know is that if that's the song we don't cross... If that's the Super Saiyan Caucasian, yes. the Super Caucasian song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. What what is like? What is that one song? If it's on, like, hey, you don't you don't want to mess with uh, Jeffrey right now. He's in the zone. Uh, first off, you know it's that it's it's definitely a Metallica song, and it's probably going to be Enter Sandman. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like that, that's the first one. Okay, here we go. you're off to a good start. <laughs> um, Godsmack, I stand alone. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right, we two up, John. What you got? <laughs> oh man, with arms wide open by Creed. <laughs> Can you take me high? Oh, man. I hate that. I, I hate that everybody song. Everybody hates that so song. Much song no. But for some odd reason, everybody else loved it. Yeah, that one's going to be a no for me, dog. <laughs> Just a big old no. Listen, you know people go fucking ape shit when that shit comes on, man. Um... And then here comes the boom by P.O.D. For some odd reason, people yep. get fucking crazy for that one. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. That, Jesus that's all Christ. I, got. I forgot about that fucking song. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. Those are the ones I can think of. I'm literally just going to Google white people hype music and see what happens. <laughs> real, real quick, because we're like 20 minutes in, I'm gonna, we're going to do a little quick intro. Um, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh, tuning in to uh, Night Court. Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe. If Cotton Eye Joe is on, I know where. That's that's danger. That's pure danger. <laughs> the playlist <laughs> is so... <laughs> 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 Living on a prayer by Bon Jovi. Oh God! <laughs> Come on, Eileen. Sweet Caroline. Sweet Home Alabama. Ice Ice Baby. Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> I- I'm gonna be 500 miles. Oh God! Walk 500. In the playlist, get. What's your what's your playlist name for this shit? And then I'll tell you what it's labeled as. <laughs> Uh, white lightning, <laughs> Caucasian <Hey>. superpower. <laughs> no. Songs that get white people turned. <laughs> you can you can taste the seasoning. Goddamn. Oh my god. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, brand new episode of You, Me, and Lore. <laughs> this playlist is fucking fire. <laughs> we're we're your we are your podcast DJs. It is I, 
Kenny Kendall Gomez, um, The Whitest Night, DJ Brandon Wayner. And then on the ones and twos, we got Mr. Clean himself. The Mr. One. Clean. What's up, baby? Hey, I, I love that we're on the ones and twos and not the ones and zeros because I don't understand what they're saying to me. It's the numbers, Mason. <laughs> the numbers. Now, wait, Brandon, have, have you ever used one of these songs to get turnt, as the kids would say? I'm about a little over halfway through, <laughs> and the answer is no. But but there's some bangers on here. <laughs> He's probably got some in his playlist right now, I bet. There's, there's some Blink-182. Oh, <laughs> my some God. Five. Ooh, Sunday morning. I know it's Sunday morning. Fucking Owl City, motherfucker. Oh, <laughs> man. Wait, is, is Carly Rae Jepsen in there? I haven't seen her yet. What about Brian Adams? Is my boy Brian Adams in there somewhere? Uh, kind of sorted by artist. What about Dropkick Murphys? Dropkick Murphys will always get white people turned. Let, I don't dude, see it on let me tell you. Actually, let me tell you so that my my daughter walked the St. Paddy's Day parade last Sunday, right? That was the oh, only word. fucking song that came on that fucking Dropkick Murphy song. Oh, uh, the same Bro, one. It was on every damn float. Like every, and I don't get why because there's so many good Dropkick Murphys. And, Murphy and songs. then just when you think it's over, the fucking the the school band comes marching in playing it and i'm just like jesus christ <laughs> i don't think i've ever hated the song so much yeah that's fair i blame uh you gotta it's really all the movies yeah 100%. it's all the yeah, irish just, movies mm-hmm. mafia movies which i don't get why because like flogging molly is also like they, super acceptable yes they are well, maybe we don't want to invite Molly. Did you think about that? You too, even. Whoa. Okay. Let's well, not. Let's, yeah, whoa, let's whoa. bring that back a little bit. The answer <laughs> we were looking for was Coldplay. Coldplay. <laughs> Look at him. He's already doing Viva La Vida in his head. Little bum, bum, no, bum, no, no, no. I'm doing Yellow. <laughs> oh, Yellow. That's a classic. The only you ever song. heard um, only Chris Martin do his vocals on Jay-Z's beach chair? For what? No. On, Shit is like, fire. On the beach chair? No, no. It's the name of the song. It's beach oh, chair. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me for being an uncultured swine. Uh, you hang out with Brandon. I get it. Cool. Oh, we found one. We found one that we all missed. Crazy train. Stop. Oh, Butterfly. No, no, Ozzy. Ozzy. Oh. The first one I thought crazy was, train. even though the Crazy Train one is actually kind, kind of nostalgic. The only good song they ever came out with. How come um, Despacito isn't on that list? That, that was like when Spanish people and white people united. Or Gasolina. Or Gasolina, that's another one. I bad, mm -hmm. but All of Bad Bunny's tracks, because, you know, you've... Suavemente. Oh, Elvis Crespo. Yeah. Elvis Crespo will make Brandon's hip shake, too. That, that might be detrimental to his health, man. I don't know how to explain that to his wife. He's going to be like, he speaks Spanish and watches soap operas now, Kenny. What do I do? I don't know if Brandon's ever... Brandon, have you had um, plantains? Yeah. 
Have you had uh, mofongo? No. I don't even think I've ever you had it. What? There's a lot of things that I don't like to eat, if you haven't noticed. What the hell is that? Mofo NGNO? Yep. It it smells great. It is a delicacy oh, of my people. Speak. You're not Puerto Rican. Yeah, yeah, I am. No, you're not. Oh, yeah, him. I'm Dominican no. and Puerto Rican. Yeah, no, you're not. You're El Salvadorian. I'm Elsa. Listen here, you Saxon piece of shit. <laughs> Actually, this this brings up a good point. I was gonna bring up to you. So, how does it feel to know that El Salvadorians are like winning the base department yeah. over Puerto Ricans? Huh? <laughs> El Salvadorians the have become what more department. The bass department. Based. Uh, go. Why don't you give the kids some context here? Oh my god. So, El Salvador overnight found like rounded up. I think like four thousand like gang members just overnight did a huge sweep, and their murder rate has dropped fifty one percent. They built a whole ass prison just for this. And it's to the point that, like, um, civil, uh, what is it? Like, civil rights activists are, like, concerned that they're rounding up all these gang members. Okay, and, and, and what does that have to do with Puerto Rico? Oh, because El Salvadorians are more base now. Because they said, uh, you know, the U.S. has been losing the war on drugs. Everybody else has been losing the war on drugs. We're going to win the war on drugs. And they did it overnight. It doesn't exist. I worry about you some days, Brandon. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> that has nothing to do with Puerto Rico. They beat everybody at the drug war. And you're like, who's everybody on that list? And you're like, right there. <laughs> He wants their socials too. I mean, are you gonna move to El Salvador? Is that what you're telling us? I mean, at this rate, it's pretty cheap. Well, man, you, I, I guess we'll see you in El Salvador. Maybe, maybe you'll you'll translate the podcast for us. But here's a real question, yeah. right? What's up? So, Cuba, Dominican Republic, slash Haiti, and Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Why are all three of y'all so fucking different when you're basically right the fuck next to each other and at one point in time you were on the same land? Different histories. Different founders. Different um, ideologies as well. Yeah, no, that's yeah, my point. Is how, yeah, how did that happen? Because <laughs> it's like, it's, <laughs> it's so weird. Well, you got to remember, right? So that, that general area in the Caribbean, it was mostly populated by the Theano people, like the actual native indigenous people. Yep. And then, I, and then you right. were, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with an asshole by the name of Christopher Columbus. Yeah, that's my boy. Yeah. That, that yeah, guy. Well, he made a visit. He kind of hung out on our islands, especially hung out in DR. And, and let's just say it became a bit of a mixing pot. My man. No, not in a good way. As in, oh, we have black <laughs> slaves and Theanos look like black slaves, so we're going to slave it up. So Columbus did what Columbus always does. And, you know, then from there, different cultures traded and then different things came about. Like, it's one of those things where a lot of people don't re don't know or don't remember that at one point DR was a had a dictatorship.
That's like right. A lot of people don't know that or they don't remember it. Um, everybody knows the relationship with Puerto Rico and the U.S. And and also, if you didn't know, um, Denmark's been trying to buy Puerto Rico for years. Mm-hmm. But uh, right now, it's China that's making the most leeway in in the Caribbean right now, just because of what they've bought out, but up bought up just in Jamaica. Oh yeah, I forgot Jamaica's right there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got Jamaica, and I I think what St. Martin, St. Lucie, and all them—they're a little bit lower. Both of the Virgin Islands are to the right of Puerto Rico. Yeah, they're, they're, they're all near each other. But yeah, man, you know how it is. Different cultures, different things, different conquerors. I mean, what, Missouri's completely different from Maryland, and Maryland's different from South Carolina. Right, but that's my point, is Maryland and Missouri are far as fuck, comparatively. <laughs> Do you, okay, wait. I, your your, geogra- your de- geography is quite questionable. It's... I think it's one of those things too. It doesn't also help that each specific island hates each other. Um, That's the weirdest part to me. Yeah. It, well, man, it, it kind of. <laughs> let's just say that each each island doesn't do justice for each other. Like one instance that a lot of people don't don't know or didn't realize was, and I don't know about now, but I believe in like the early like seventies through the nineties. Puerto Rico did have an immigration problem, right? Because there would be Dominicans that would come over on rafts yeah. and stuff, try to get into PR. Yeah, because remember Puerto Rico, because it's a the Cubans. The Cubans aren't the only ones that yeah, did no it. Dominicans like, it, too. It's, it, it happened. It happened commonly within the Caribbean in itself, even all the way, even all the way down to the Indies. Yeah, man. Like Puerto Rico was an entryway that that Puerto Ricans had to deal with like immigration bad because people were like, if I can get to Puerto Rico, I can get to America. Yeah. So that definitely hurt relations for a little while. But that's so much further from the U.S. than where the Dominican is now. But you got to remember, right, with the relationship that Puerto Rico has with uh, America. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. They they that can kind of slip in. You feel me? Yeah. I st- I. St- I still never had a Cuban fucking cigar. You gotta have top. You gotta know somebody that knows somebody. Yeah, and I also forgot that Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, so that's on me. Yes, that's all good. A lot of uh, listen. A lot of people. A lot of people forget it. It's not. It's not even like an uncommon thing. Like there are so many people who, to this day, don't even know that it's a common fuck. What is it? It's fifty states, one one district. In five territories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're yeah. one of the territories. We there with Guam the territories. Yeah, then which is far Samoa, as fuck. America, Samoa, the other ones, Virgin Islands. I can't believe I just called it the Commonwealth. It's a territory. <laughs> I was gonna ignore you. <laughs> we knew what you implied. We <laughs> yeah, knew we, implied. we knew what you were getting there. Yeah, I know, but that man, I do that all the time. I always call it the common. The Northern Marina- Mariana Islands. That's one that we're forgetting. It's the, I is think, that in the Caribbean, too? The near... That more southern? I don't know, man. So I'm going to send you this fucking map I'm looking at because this is the most useless fucking map I've ever seen YouTube give me or Google give me. Same, same. Owned by the same company. Look at how useless this, <laughs> this fucking map is. 
That's what comes up if you Google all U.S. territories. Wow. <laughs> right. That's incredible, actually. So the Northern Marianas are over by Guam. Like, little, it's north and a little east. Okay. Interesting. I also found out that the U.S. does not have any territorial um, anything to Antarctica. What? Yeah. We, oh, Antarctica. It, it I was own, thinking of fucking Alaska. Yeah. That's on me. Like, no, we no, own no. Alaska. It we doesn't, in there. Yeah, yeah no, that's ours. But, like, like Antarctica, like, and uh, America and, like, several other countries don't recognize Antarctica as, like, a territorial country, so they just go wherever the fuck they want. They say, we're just going to go here. It's our land now. Sounds a little familiar. All right, so real quick, we are going to capitalize on this. We're going to take a break, and when you come back, we're going to talk a little bit of Halo. Here, here's my viewpoint on like art and being provocative and that's why i tend to say things people don't like for the like i intentionally provoke people and you know sometimes yeah i do it for my own lols but like cyberpunk for example i think it's the perfect example of what i'm trying to explain so everybody who's listened to this podcast kind of gets the idea that i'm super pro second amendment i'm super pro capitalist like those are two of my foundations as a person and two things I full-heartedly believe in. Cyberpunk should like basically shows exactly what would happen if my ideals ran or what, which is, should be something that upsets me, right? Because it's, it's blatantly shitting on things that I believe in, but it's actually the opposite. And I, I enjoy it a lot because it shows me like, Hey, these things that you believe in, I'm not going to use the word limits, but, you have to kind of mind your own beliefs because if given out of hand, other things can get out of hand. So that's, that's my whole viewpoint on art is like, it's supposed to upset you. Now there's different levels of upsetting, you know, you know of course. Um, and obviously the intention of cyberpunk wasn't to shit on those ideals. That's just how the art became due to two of the things that got focused on in the world in the world building. It wasn't like, a, oh, yeah, let's shit on these. It's not like everybody gathered up and said, wow, well, let's do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. a symptom of of the art uh, of the uh, of the world building. So to me, things have to be provocative. If they're not provocative, the world is gray. You need color in there. And it, it, just because you don't like a certain color doesn't mean it should be removed from existence. So... That, that's kind of how, like, I don't know. That explains my viewpoint on art, and that kind of also explains my viewpoint on, like, my persona and how I operate. Is I, I, It's intentional. It's meant to make you, I don't know, look at it in a different light. I completely get it, because, like, instead of, like, shutting the door on things that you would rather not want to listen to, you'll listen to it to keep it, because you have an open mind. Yeah, not even, you don't even have to have an open mind, necessarily. Um, like, cause here's the thing, like it didn't like radicalize me into not believing in those things anymore. Like I'm still a capitalist. I'm still super pro uh, second amendment, like beyond second pro <laughs> second amendment. But at the same time, 
it has, I won't say changed my opinions away from those things, but it did change how I believe those things should operate, if that makes sense. It, yeah. it gave me, it, it checked me. It checked my vibe. Is <laughs> the only way I can, I can put it plainly. But yeah, man. Um, that's just my feeling on it. I know that, you know, a lot of people are going to disagree with that, but I don't enjoy being safe, I guess. Like, What's the, you? What's the point of being alive? You you just uh, you just live in blue instead of throwing a little red in yeah. there. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, if you only live your life, like, go ahead, paint your whole ass house, buy all your furniture, and make everything you own one color, and see how fucking sick of it you get. That's just that's just me. No, I like it. Because I am the provocative one on this podcast, apparently. Apparently, that's my fucking role here. Are you the provocative one? I thought it was clean. I, I think so. Clean. I think I'm, I'm just going to accept it. That's an interesting perspective. Because you're still a nice guy. Oh, yeah. I wish no harm upon anybody. That's a lie. Does that make you a nice guy, though? How many people in the world can truly say the same? <laughs> <laughs> the Halo. So, y'all, this is our this is our filler episode for Halo, our filler episode. But it's it's a fun. There's actually action, so like that. It's not like a, a dry beach episode filler. Okay, you had me worried. Yeah, I was no, like, well, yeah, well, no. That's no. a way to come into it. <laughs> like, no, 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 no. Like, I, it's filler in the sense of there's gonna be some action, but it's gonna there's gonna be setup. This isn't a huge spoiler. Um, we're gonna start with our, we're gonna start with the knife age of reclamation all over again. So we're we're gonna hang out with Nazat. We um, really like it here. If he's a cool guy, like he's he he effed up and he's trying to do right, but things aren't really going his way, and then that'll actually pivot to us uh, getting with Blue Team because when we pick up back with Blue Team, it's been about thirty minutes into their their trek to get to the Whitley. So, but yeah, so and if you guys do you guys remember what uh, Nizat had going on and where he had planned? I'm not gonna lie to you, homie. No. No. Clean. I I'm sorry. I I remember my boy with the drip, but I do not remember. I also what he was remember about the drip. Do. That's all I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember the drip, but not the plan. <laughs> we remember the man, but not the plan. All right, so, if y'all remember, he was like an honorable captain and all that. They're like, "Hey, Nazat, you're good at what you do. We're gonna give you a station," and then those pesky Spartans showed up and destroyed the station that he was assigned to. So he's on the yeah. run. <laughs> As one does. Right. He's on the run from his bosses. <laughs> he has a plan to redeem himself. And this is, this is a B comedy. <laughs> the Curve Your Enthusiasm movie was playing, right? So where we, where we last <laughs> left them off, right, they were on top of the planet and a new covenant ship showed up called the Swift Justice. AKA oh, his whoa. bosses, his bosses, uh, the assistant manager just showed up and finally found him. And he provided him a memo and it was like, we're going to kill your ass. 
was the memo oh, they provided. <laughs> so that, that's what you want, right? Dave, so 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 he went from right up to right up to just straight. We're we're gonna Legit fucking kill you. Termination, no pun intended. <laughs> but, Legit termination. <laughs> but his uh, but his goal. Remember, he wants to take the luminal beacons. He wants to stash it. He wants to stash it on the humans so that way they can take it back to Oni and then they figure out where Earth is and then they can super murder Oni. That's Nazat's plan to get back in his job's good graces. But they sent a kill squad. So the plan changed. So instead of planning the stuff on the lucky break for the humans to get, he took a drop pod with a couple hundred warriors and he's going to drop the beacons off in the Whitley. And that's where we pick up, boys. We are picking, and if you remember, John and his team saw the drop pod come in. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that bit. Mm-hmm. So, the chapter picks up, and Nizat is not having a good time. He just finished dropping on Netherop. My man has a tummy sore. He has a little tummy ache. His legs are shaking. Also, did you know that, um... Elites are saying Helios have two hearts. No, actually, I, I two hearts. I that's yeah, incredible. They have two hearts. Did not know that they have two hearts. They have two fingers and two thumbs. So you know what the obvious next question is? What's that? How many peepees they got? Hmm. Mm. What was that? Rule sixty nine? Was it rule sixty one on the internet? Why are you asking me? <laughs> You're you're the hentai expert here. If there's anybody that how the that fuck knows- did that happen, bro? You're you you were legit spawned. You're sponsored like Discord hentai game specialist. Oh yeah, that did happen. I can't, yeah. believe, he just, I, <laughs> I can't believe he just pulled out. I can't believe he just said Rule sixty one too. There there's we go. gotta be what's Rule sixty one. I'm googling it now. You don't know what Rule sixty one no. is. Oh lord, likewise. <laughs> The kids turn off the podcast. <laughs> Unless, hmm, hmm. I, I this is actually super applicable, Kenny. Hold on, let me read you Rule sixty one. Oh my god! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Unless justice requires otherwise, no error in admitting or excluding evidence or any other error by the court or a party is ground for granting a new trial, for setting aside a verdict, or for vacating, modifying, or otherwise just. Dis- Disturbing a judgment or order. Yeah, it's a harmless error, Judge Clean. I totally (laughs) meant to send you that stuff. The way my Gmail was set up, my email, and and my my, you know, it was an accident. So we're gonna retrial. Brandon's gonna go to like Discord jail or something. That's that That is not that is not the rule sixty one I know. Which one you got? That Chuck Norris is the exception. Uh, Either way. Y'all, there's a rule about the internet. If you know, you know, and if you're Brandon, you don't know. If there's a thing, there's porn of it. That's the rule. There it is. Yeah. It's also rule 34. That's rule 34? That's what it's called? I thought so. Well, let's taint my Google search history some more. So, Nazat, our boy is about to get killed. Yep, 34. If it exists, there is a porn of it. Okay, perfect. Thank you. That was the burning question. But back to Nizat. So my man yes. is Eminem right now. Can't hop, palms are sweaty, knees are weak, arms are heavy. 
normally, normally in a traditional sense, Nazat would have uh, dropped the pod and then he would actually hop in the lucky break with his squad. And apparently they have uh, temperature controlled interiors in the lucky break. And that would have helped them adjusted to um, Netarop after, you know, breaking reentry and all that. But they are a little pressed for time. So instead of uh, making a dash for the lucky break to recover, they're making a, a mad dash directly to the Whitley right now. And the reason why he's making a, a mad dash to the Whitley is after he dropped down in the pod, not even like five minutes, his fleet master hit him up and let him know that the Swift Justice already uh, sent a drop ship after him. And the, tra the trajectory of the dropship is right next to the Lucky Break. Or in the general area of the Lucky Break, right? Nizat isn't worried about it. He's scared. He's a little nervous. And he doesn't let it take, take him over. But he knows that that dropship is just a scouting party. They're either looking for him or they're looking at the, the Lucky Break. But his concern is, is that while they're looking at the lucky break and looking for him, they're going to see the humans on the Whitley. And he knows that if that scouting party sees the humans on the Whitley, they're going to go over and introduce themselves. And he can't have that because if he murders everybody, if that team murders everyone on the Whitley, Nizak can't drop the luminal beacons. So he's trying to drop the beacons off before the Spartans arrive. Before the the covenant the covenant sent to kill him can either kill him or kill the humans, and he has to do it before the Whitley ups and leaves. So there's actually a lot going on for Nazad at the moment. You know, for being called the lucky break, there's a lot of unlucky <laughs> shit that is happening around this thing. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's that's what she said. Giggy. So. Here's Nazat's plan, right? He has like a, a, a five-star plan to do accomplish all these things and redeem himself in the eyes of the Lord. Number one, he's gonna get his warriors over to like the open hatches of the of the Whitley. That's his main goal. If he can get those soldiers in there first. He's going to follow or creep up behind them slowly, and then he's actually going to drop off our luminal beacons or our decoys. Um, the first one is a personal energy shield, if everybody remembers. That has one of the luminal beacons. And the other one is an anti-gravity harness. Now, something fun about the um, anti-gravity harness. That harness is what the drones use to fly around. A little it was comfortable in case y'all didn't know that um brandon i don't know if you knew that no a little fun no. halo shenanigans and it's funny they stole that from buzz lightyear oh god not buzz yep yep remember mm -hmm. when woody got stolen and they were in the elevator shaft going up to the apartment buzz lightyear had a gravity belt god damn yeah so, Halo ripping off other things again, as per usual. I'm just talking it's a great shit. Great influence, but, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it goes further back than that, but <laughs> I just watched Toy Story today. Oh man, 
But it gets better, boys. So that's the first part of the plan, right? He needs to get his warriors successfully in there, build a buffer between him and the humans on the Whitley. That way he can secretly drop off the decoy stuff on there. And then they would finish their fake capture attempt of the Whitley. And then they, you know, they would peace out. But here's the other problem, right? Getting the decoys and all that one is planned out. But the second problem is how do you motivate the humans to leave after you've planted the decoys. Any any suggestion, boys? Play Despacito. How to? I. <laughs> sweet sweet sounds. I have to agree. Sweet sweet. I mean, if you're going that route, we're gonna have to put a Bon Jovi song. Oh man, yes, living on a prayer is <laughs> the perfect song for this planet. Yeah. Well, it's actually a lot more easier than that. Barely an inconvenience. So Nazat's like, oh, what I'll do is after I plant the beacons and we peace out, I'm just going to go ahead and move the lucky break. If I move the lucky break, they're going to peace out. And he's, he's got a point. He's not wrong. It's, it's actually pretty, <laughs> it's pretty A1. He's got a really good fucking point. But wait, boys. While all these, you know, thoughts and stuff are crossing Zot's mind, we hear a voice. We hear a question. Why have they not opened fired? And you know who asked it? Our mm. boy, Lakosi. He's back. That I'm was glad it. He made it. Our, our right hand man, the dude who suggested the plan and didn't realize he was volunteering himself for the mission. Now, he didn't show up to Netarov. Like any elite, my man came dripped out. I'm talking about he's rocking full elite combat armor. He's ready to go. He's ready for war. I mean, he fucking better be. It is his plan, right? It is his <laughs> shit. <laughs> is it, is it he's tra- like he's trained for this. Oh, yes. Well, that's the thing, right? Like he's not actually talking out his ass with this question. It's a genuine question because... He knows, and in the book they say that they're within 8,000 units of the Whitley's close-range defenses. And when he says it out loud, Nazat doesn't say anything to him about it. Nazat kind of goes off and, and does like, you know, break the fourth wall po- um, pondering. And he learned this from torturing humans or interrogating humans, however you want to read into that. Um... He knows that the range of the defense systems on most human ships or the Whitley is about 10 meters or 30,000 units in um, Sanghealy Covenant measurements. But they, you guys know a little bit about the planet we've been on. Terrible skies, super hot. Everything's covered in dust and all the shenanigans. It's like probably the most hostile planet anybody can live on. Well, he's hoping that the unforgiving atmosphere and the weather will drop the vision of the automated defensive at least to 6,000 units. That way, he can get his boys in position so that way they can return fire on the defense system. So, after this thought that he has, that's when he finally responds to um, the cozy and he tells him, I'm not interested or I'm not interested in hurrying up to get casualties. 
So he wants them to approach slowly. And once like they're about 2,000 uh, units in, that's when he'll have the focus rifles focus on the defense of the Whitley. And a little fun fact about the focus rifles. Those were the Covenant alien sniper rifles first introduced in Halo Reach. So a little, a little something that way y'all y'all can see a little image of the rifle. It's beautiful. It actually looks like the um, the Gef shotgun from Mass Effect. It's a big weapon. It's fifty-seven inches, seven inches wide, twenty-four inches in height, and thirty-seven pounds. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and um, it's it's wild, right? In terms of just the biology of the elites, and I should have talked about it earlier, they they are I would say they're about the equivalent of of Spartans in a weird way. Like there's parallels between the elites and the Spartans a little bit. Just in terms of like speed, power, the only difference is with the saying Healy, it's natural versus being augmented. But regardless, right? As they're having this conversation, they both realize even with the heat, that it is a blessing that, you know, they're going to be able to get the focus rifles in position. And for them, it makes them feel like, hey, the gods are on our side. They really want us to succeed in this mission. Well, a couple things, right? As they're getting, you know, closer and closer. There's a little portion, too, as they're approaching. The Zot kind of has, like, the same thoughts as John and the team a couple chapters ago where he's looking at the native fauna where he doesn't know if it's a mineral, a plant, or an animal or a little bit of both. But it, it's kind of like a, a moment of humanizing the Zot a little bit because it talks about how a, the, the plants on Netherop look similar to the, uh, I guess, gulag trees that they have in their homeworld. And it, you, in this chapter too, there's also a little bit of highlights about a little bit about the their world, their honor system and whatnot. Because as they're approaching, they see that the Whitley's on that plateau that we talked about in the last chapter, and they're starting to see the shape of the Whitley, like it's starting to be like it's kind of like it's covered in a um like a heat haze where you can't really tell what everything looks like. At that point, Nazat then has um Lakozi stop for a second. They double check the um the luminal the luminal beacons, and then he hands them over to him. He's like, "Hey, I need you to protect these, no matter what. I'm gonna proceed forward with my warriors, but I want you to stay here until I tell you otherwise." You can kind of tell that Lakosi's not down. He wants to fight. He wants to be a part of this. But remember, the luminal beacons are essentially holy relics in the eyes of the covenant. So Nazat knows that it's very important that he stay where he is and keep those protected no matter what. Well, he starts proceeding and Nazat actually takes a moment and he takes a look at his, uh, the crew that he brought. Cause I didn't really say how many people he brought with him. Um, how many people do you think he's rolling with? This is always a trick question. I'm going with like 12 to 15. I'm going to maintain my usual cheat answer of at least three. Three. So he has 100 crew members from the Lucky Break. Again, that's at least three. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. 
<laughs> you know what's the crazy part? He's rolling deep when he's got a hundred person entourage. They're rocking light shipboard armor, and they're only armed with short range plasma rifles. So they try to get close, right? And you know that puts them at a bit of a disadvantage, especially with the uh, defense systems they got to deal with. So it's kind of like a high risk, high reward type deal. But there's a bit of a battle plan when you have these many people. So his first line or his first rank, they're pretty much cannon fodder. Oh, good. Like they they know that they're going in to die. However, I will give Nazak credit because he's actually in that first line with them. So it's not like he's just sending them off to die. Like he's, he's leading, leading them, them in. into hell. So you got to give the man credit there. But their main focus is to be cannon fodder because the goal is that's what's going to draw out or help them identify where the enemies or the Whitley's turrets are because they can't really see with the haze and the luminescence of Netarop. It makes it close to impossible to see. Then the second team, that's the team, um, excuse me, those are Nizat's fleet rangers. Now, these rangers or these elites, they're dressed in heavy energy shielded armor. He originally brought them down to fight inside the Lucky Break. But given the circumstances, that's not all that occurred. So they have they have they're dressed in heavy energy shielded armor. They have medium range weapons like needle rifles and carbines. But this particular team. They secured 10 beam rifles and three focus rifles. Okay. So they're like pretty stacked teams. So we got regular elite soldiers. We got kind of like spec ops a little bit. Also, my man didn't bring people. If you guys remember, they also brought some heavy, heavy equipment. Because a thousand units behind the fleet rangers, they have five Spectre light assault vehicles. Oh. Now, for anybody who doesn't remember, if you've ever played Halo 2, if you've ever played Halo 2 multiplayer, the Spectre is just a Covenant tank. Is that particular one has the beam cannon on top. If you ever played Halo 2, you've driven it. Or you've bombed it. Either or. But yeah, first introduced in Halo Either 2, or. boys. Said so that that the classic. A true classic. But yeah, like we said, so we know Nazat has over 100 guys. Some are cannon fodder. Um, his, uh, I'm, I, I originally in my brain, I thought they, I called them like Persian Immortals. But uh, his fleet rangers, those are his spec ops. They'll be the ones manning the rifles to take down the turrets. And then they have about five tanks with them. So given the odds, Nazat's not doing too bad to get onto the Whitley. Not doing bad at all. Right. But that was... He's got a chance. Yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing, right? This is supposed to be a 30-minute excursion. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's it's supposed to be, you know, in and out. In and out. And then they stop by the Winchester oh. for a pint. Oh, I, yeah. I was I didn't think about that part of the plan. That, that part of the plan's a little silly. He's <laughs> a little goober on that one. A little goofy. Well, no, too bad. So you realize that the plateau that they're going on, uh, that they're using to approach the Whitley, 
It's divided by a deep winding chas oh, chasm. Um, and that actually prevents the uh, specters from actually directly engaging the witness. Well, so, that seems like something that we should have known. Yeah, but I, I would assume given the circumstances, they didn't really have time to double check. Given the circumstance, double check a giant hole in the ground. Look, man, I'm look, <laughs> in the words of John, you are assuming that aliens think like humans. So, you know what? Fair. Right. Wow, that was deep. Thanks, John. I. Mm. At that point, the specters get left. And Nizat proceeds with his warriors. Um, at some point, Lakozi kind of calls him because he's kind of lost in the uh, in the fade or the heat wave or whatever. And they're talking and whatnot. He's just kind of checking in, like, "Hey, are you close?" All that. And and Lakozi actually kind of vents to him, like, "Yo, I don't like not being in the fight with my brothers." You learn and actually in this little conversation they have that the Sangheili culture is actually very honorable. Like, they want to be the first ones in the fight. Like, they, they, if they're going to go down, they're going to go down swinging. But Nizam mm. promises him this. He's like, dude, play your part. Do your thing. I promise you, once we drop the beacons off and they do what they got to do, you will be the first person charging into the Oni hell hole and, and killing all the Oni demons. Like, he's promising him glory and battle. Well, Nizak gets closer and closer and closer, and he kind of starts seeing um, kind of starts seeing like the the shapes and and the splotches of the Whitley. And I'm gonna read. The salvage ship began to look more like a vessel than a monumental arch with an aerodynamic flare and its. Branched hull, unmental uh, descended toward the ground in double sterns. The band of silvery dots and cur curved along the, its bow became several rows of viewing parts, and the dark points lining the inner edges of its arch lengthened into tips of grasping claws. Nizat even saw some splinter-sized lines that were probably quad cannon barrels. Nizat just noticed the turrets, and he began to think it might have been safe to bring the focus rifles a little closer to the target because he does have the um the fleet the his, his spec ops he has a little cozy they're close enough with the rifles that they can still see the shape of it so once the turrets start shooting they should have an idea well nizat's thinking he could have pulled them up a little closer for better shots and before he can think anything else say anything else or make a command those splinters begin to flash and forks of overload static danced around his personal energy shield. He threw himself to the ground, already shouting into his helmet comm. Focus fires, open fire, open fire. So, they are a, they're really close to the Whitley right now. Right now, they are dealing with the turret fire. Um, if you remember, one of the decoys was a plasma energy shield. He should have kept it. So right now, his stuff is not doing too much. They say the bushes around him erupted into clouds of flitternets, and fountains of fountains of stone chips rose before his faceplate. 
He rolled across the ground, searching for cover, watching his energy shield power levels. There was no reading, only a flashing yellow crescent that meant that the generator unit was working hard to raise the shield again. So if you ever played Gears of War, legit, it is Nazat rolling around to dodge enemy fire and get his shield back up. Hot man. <laughs> well, it's funny, right? Eventually, he kind of keeps rolling until he finds some cover. And it's still not good because it's literally half cover. So if you've ever played XCOM, you know half cover does nothing for you. Well, he's standing there. He's waiting. It, like chips are flying. You hear the little do 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 And then eventually, everything stops. Everything is quiet. He looks up. He looks around. And he sees that the turrets have been taken down. Oh, no. But at the same time, too, he sees literally like the areas covered it, covered in splatters of armor, splatters of blood. So clearly there was a bit of a, a death toll paid to take out this first turret. The first one? Yeah. Oh, God. And, you know, at that point, everything's good. Like, there's a bit of a stillness. No, another turret starts firing. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I didn't like the way you phrased the, the previous sentence. I was like, that's not that's not a good sign for how these kinds of things it, go. It, it, le <laughs> it left so much open to the mind. <laughs> like, oh, there's that. I didn't think we were playing that game here. <laughs> well, wait, there's more. Well, yeah, another turret starts shooting. Then about the three focus rifles, they take them out. So, at this point... Nazad is a little shook up, and then he gets a little uh, voice message from his boy. Fleetmaster, are you still with us? Now, Nazad being the badass that he is, I am. That's it. All you get is an I am. Nazad is a man of very few words. And then he proceeds to tell him, have the first rank continue proceeding. In other words, cannon fodder, keep moving up. <laughs> keep on keeping on, baby. Legit. Just let them just let them drums keep beating. But either way, yo, he he might have told them to keep moving, but he's also moving with them too. And at that point, he knows that they haven't confirmed that they've eliminated all the turrets yet. So because of that, he tells Lakozi, "Hey, tell two of the specters to come up." He's like, "Okay, all right, cool." So Nazat's kind of like paranoid. He's kind of looking around. And maybe you guys can explain this part because I, I I didn't really look into it. I actually wanted to ask you guys about it. While he's waiting for the specters to, to pull up and all that, he starts breaking down the ship. And he says, although humans employ a base 10 counting system similar to the Covenants, they've had a bizarre tendency to cluster things in groups of 12. His spies have never been able to explain why, but it was so ingrained in the human way of thinking that they even had a special word for 12 items. A dozen. And a dozen dozens was called a gross. This strange obsession with 12s extended into their military. Their ships had missile pods that fired 12 or 24. Their fighter crafts usually operated in groups of 12 
and their large capital ships often had weapon systems arranged in counts of the same. So they Easter egged their military stuff. Oh, I, I, I didn't know if there was like, like a number 23 thing with 12 in the military. I didn't know if you guys knew a thing that <laughs> I didn't know. I have no idea. I'm, I'm going to be 100% honest no, no. with you. No, there. I've never heard of anything like that. I I just think it's just, I just think it's weird. You, but you know what's funny? It it kind of gives me a parallel of like John was like everything they do doesn't make sense, and the Zot's like, why do they like the number twelve so much? Like, what's wrong with this species? <laughs> <laughs> He's got a point though. I'm gonna have to reflect on that one a little bit. It's. It's weird though, because like they're adding like a, a homage to in their weaponry through their like military history, right? In a sense, in a way, like if they're so obsessed with the number twelve, it's become like a part of their culture that they're using that as like a kind of like a message, like oh, each m missile or or projectile means something different to them or something. Like it's some type of cultural, um uplifting thing for them of some sort i disagree with you entirely it's okay I, th I think it's just a homie pointed out that humans are just naturally we like even numbers <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I i think it's just that simple the number 12 is the most even of all the evens you can't get any more even than that. Really can't. What about even, Steven? Well, I am going to say five is an honorary even number, though. Nah. I ain't going to jump on that. Math is not my specialty. <laughs> any hoosies. My, mine neither, because I was about to say seven, too, but what do I know? <laughs> I, I, can I can barely count. Hey, man, if you can count two toes, that's all you need. I think that's all I have left. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right, but even though we're going full Jim Carrey about the number 12, the reason why Nazar's thinking about this, because he's like, all right, more than likely there are six turrets on this ship, and we've taken down probably about five-ish on this side, just on this one side alone, right? Classic. <laughs> So, um, <laughs> you know, as he's pondering this, Lacuzzi Le 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 is trying to talk to him. And he's like, hey, man, I got the specters moving. The Sot's like, all right, while the specters are moving, you got to make sure that the focus rifles are ready. But here was the problem. They weren't ready. Because the specters were barely past the Zot when a single turret near the salvage ship's um, boat <laughs> began to strobe. So literally, the two specters that just pulled up, the nearest assault vehicle disintegrated beneath the withering cannon fire fluttering to the ground in a cloud of metal shards and bloody armor fragments. The second vehicle flipped end over end and erupted into flames. Then the focus oh. rifle screamed again and the three beams of charged particles converged on a distant turret. Enemy cannons continue to flash from their two breasts and finally vanished in a flash of white. The last specter continued forward to join the remaining two. So we're down two specters, boys. 
easy recovery no big deal we're fine everything's fine just keep moving don't it's look just, at it it's just 40 it's just eighty thousand dollars down the drain that's all uh, the way more <laughs> i agree here's the thing about it right you're not the only person that feels this way because Nazad is actually feeling confident right now. I know. Explain. Yes. Here it is. After the enemy cannons had fallen silent again, Nazad angled left toward the mid-advance rally point. He was starting to feel even more confident of being in the gods' favor now. To bring the remainder... Excuse me, the, uh, the remainder of the turrets to bear, the humans would have to launch their ship and reverse it <coughs> facing, and that would take time. They took out all the cannons on one side. All the other cannons are on the other side, so he knows they're in the clear right now. Ooh. So my man is Sh like, We're, it's all Millhouse right now, baby. Schnifty. And then at this point, this is when he tells Lakosi and the other um, remaining fleet rangers to now pull up and meet him. And we also get um we also get a little uh, visit, a little phone time, a little phone call from our boy Cavalcier. Cavalcier makes an appearance in this chapter too. Wonder what they've been doing. Well, they're not having a great time in space. I mean, nobody um, ever is. <laughs> <laughs> well. They're always working up there, never having fun. For real. Nobody ever goes to the moon for fun. Not even the Chinese. Anyway. Well, Kavarse is like, hey, report what you're seeing. And then somebody said, directly? And he's like, yeah, directly. Well... The, the reason why he's checking in is because their first cannon is dead. So there is now a new first cannon <laughs> in, on the ship. Like, just a quick, like, you know, status report. Hey, shit's not good up here either. Like, people are getting promoted right now. <laughs> and that's always bad. When things are going bad and people are getting promoted. Well, there's also a little tidbit too that I like. So it says here, in Sangheili culture, loyalty was always personal. Strong for the leader of one's keep, but more tenuous with each step removed. The military's path of control was an adaptation of that system, establishing clear lines of authority to reduce conflict and confusion. If this attack fails because I lack the information I require, the, the gods will judge the first cannon by your hesitation. So in other words, it just breaks down like, hey, typical hierarchy, like there are people that need to talk to who, who what, what, who. And if that person doesn't live up to their side of the agreement, a la Brandon, like, hey, how the fuck did they go down there and not see a big-ass hole? That would fall on the first cannon for messing that up. Good job, first cannon. Yeah. Bitch. Well, here's another thing, right? So as he's having this conversation with Cavalcier, the humans go full uh, George, uh, George Lucas and the Empire Strikes Back. So, Nizat sees a unit, or the Covenant refer to them, a, a column of at least a hundred humans departing the salvage ship, advancing on foot behind eight of their four-wheeled vehicles. We see no artillery in the combat vehicles, but all of them have those primitive projectile weapons. Y'all, what do you think those primitive projectile weapons are? 
Something with plasma and explosions. Remember, these are the humans. The humans are, are mounting a little uh, payback right now. So we got 100-foot soldiers and eight warhogs. So if it's a warthog, it's either... It's, it's either a machine gun or it's one of those rocket pods. Well, oh, could also be a rail. Oh yeah, the rail cannon. But alas, no, no, it was not. So you see, it's none of them. Where they're at on the plateau now, the humans are, are meeting them, and they were trying to get to a ravine so that way they can climb up. But that's not the case. As soon as they start making their approach, Nizat heard a thud, thud, thudding of six small detonations. All a few hundred units behind him. With sinking hearts, he turned to assess the damage. His two closest specters were lying motionless on the ground. One smoking and on its side, the other in so many pieces it was barely identifiable. Christ. The roar of rockets sounded again, and Nassat saw six smoke trails shoot out of the brush on the human side of the canyon. They crossed the chasm and converged on his last assault vehicle. The specter shot up upward on a cushion of flame, then tipped onto its side, slid to the ground, and began to launch fragments of itself in a flurry of secondary explosions. So the human um, payback is working well. So clearly, they had a little bit of an ambush kind of planned out for them. Just a little one. Just a little one. Just a baby one. So did the did the elites try to fight back? They did. Yeah, you could see like tons of beam rifle fire being returned on the uh, the secret rocketeers in the bush, the freaking warthog vehicles, to the point that they got to witness the uh, the freaking warthogs kind of like bounce and swerve. You know, all typical Halo fashion, right? And then, well, it's funny how there's a lot of thoughts that happen in the middle of combat. <laughs> because here's the thing, right? So they know that the midway point is the ravine, and then from the ravine, they're going to climb up. But there's a problem. There's always a goddamn problem. <laughs> and, and, and tactically, I feel like you guys with job training would understand it too. Nizat's like, he could not understand why the humans were forsaking the protection of their ship to fight on open ground. First thing about that is he's like, yo, as crazy as that shit is, it's actually working. You're doing pretty good. Like, very impressed. But he was trying to figure out, you know, why, why, would, why wouldn't they hold it down in the ship? Like, why would they come out? Because he was impressed that they came out and fought him. He was impressed that they literally anticipated all of his moves since he's arrived at the ship. Oh no! I gotta, I gotta figure out how to frame this. One second. Well, while you do that, I mean, one of the things that we base tactics on is audacity. Yeah, a little shocking. All that sounds like. I also want to add in. I also kind of feel like that one of the things that in the military since they train you on is protect your stuff. You know, keep keep your stuff safe and organized. You know, and I think that would go on to expand itself into a war where if you have something in, in the statue, you want to make sure it's protected at all costs for whatever reason possible. 
in regards to this, Nazad is more than impressed, and he knows like, hey, what they're doing would work if his goal was to take the ship, but his goal is not to take the ship. So, next thing you see, right? You see a trio of beams begin to chase enemy enemy vehicles toward the ravine. It was not easy to destroy a moving target with a focus rifle. The beam had to remain in contact for several breaths before enough energy accumulated. But the three marksmen were the best in Nizat's small fleet. So at this point, now the snipers are going after the warthogs. Number one, they catch their first warthog. It erupts into flames. The others raced forward even faster. The second vehicle in line hit something Nizat could not see and went airborne. Spinning along its horizontal axis and flinging passengers and contents in all directions. The rifle beams converged on a third vehicle and it veered wildly as the driver tried to escape. The last five vehicles were already closing on the ravine. Within moments, they would be unloading their passengers along its rim. Now, do you think they were on their way to actually unload those people? No. I want to say no because it's always yeah. sketchy. It just just from the vibe of the story, I'm going to say no. Yeah. Right. You 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 don't think that these people are just trying to maybe find some cover to take out their elite enemies? No, this doesn't sound like that story. Well, you see, bombastic. Nazad for why is he always fooling us? No, it's a team effort. So (laughs) (laughs) he's been he's been feisty today. So who knows? I blame the mic. Nazad being one a a, a precautious person, he first has his his snipers like, hey, keep your eye on the ridge and the ravine. We're gonna pull up. Him and Lakosi, they're kind of trying to follow where the Warhogs went. And he notices that when they stop, those soldiers aren't necessarily looking for cover. They're not trying to get in position. They're hopping down into a ravine. And Lakosi and Nazada are like, hold on. Like, do you see what I see? And they're like, yeah, that's a tunnel. So there's a bit of a secret tunnel in there, and there are Earth soldiers that are driving their way into it. The question is why? Could it be a closer way of arriving to the Whitley? Is there a secret weapon there? What do you guys think? Dog, I have no idea. I've I- I've I've had I've had I've had wrong answers this whole time. All right, cool. So we're going to find out next week. The penguin farm. Well, not next that, week, two weeks. You're, you're it. That's how, that's, that's how you do that? Yeah, we figure out what's in the tunnel. He doesn't know either. I'll tell you guys once we're off air. <laughs> <laughs> He's reading fast as fuck right now. <laughs> He's going to ruin all the fun. <laughs> That's where we're going to stop, right here. We just know that the humans are going in a tunnel, and Nazat's not playing games. I mean, when is he, really? 
he's um I like I like Nizat. Nizat's a cool dude. Like I feel like if the circumstances were different, you I could totally see Nizat hanging out with the Spartans. He's definitely like cosplay culture material. Oh, but y'all would love Zinwazi in the next one. He's like, he has, I think he's missing two fingers. He's like missing a mandible. Like he's a battle grizzled uh, elite. I'll mute that out too. Yeah, y'all, we're going to leave it on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Whatever floats the scrote. Don't worry, I actually have the uh, upcoming week off, so my plan is to uh, condense some chapters. Or we're gonna we're gonna pull a Naruto. We're gonna time leap. <laughs> my bad, not Naruto. Whatever works. Boruto. Whatever the kids are watching now. I don't watch either, so whatever. But yeah, yeah, we'll pick up when Nizat, and then we'll get back to blue team. Shit, man. Well, alrighty. That was a um, odd episode. Well, you know, we do odd things here on you, me, and Lore. There, there's no real set standard. We kind of just show up, say things, and leave. It's true. Eat, shoots, and leaves. But they're nice things, though. I mean, you break your rib every now and then, but they're nice things. Wait, you break your ribs doing this? Bro. Who's who's every week? Me, you, you guys. God. Well, shit. Well, alrighty. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Don't die. Have a good drink milk. Have a good day at work. Remember, Brandon's a slanderer. That's I never trust him. That's that's been disproven. So that's slander. In a kangaroo court of discord lies. Soon. You started it. <laughs> <laughs> this is your fault. <laughs> now you're. And now this is you're why you never trust blaming. a man with I a mustache. You, you're not a victim. <laughs> <laughs> I stand by my. I stand by my story. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Later, y'all. Please. Thank you for listening, everyone. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher uh, to stay up to date on all things lore. Also, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube to leave feedback and make suggestions on what series to do next.
You Mean Lore is an original podcast written and produced by Brandon Weiner and Kenny Gomez. We do not own the rights to any of the artistry. All rights are owned by their respective companies. Sound and editing by Kenny Gomez and Brandon Weiner. Intro composed and played by Achilles Amistat. Transitions and outro composed and played by Sam Gibbs. Both can be found on Fiverr.com. For inquiries, information, and feedback, please visit You, Me, and Lore on Facebook or email us directly at youmeandlore at gmail. Bye-bye.